Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. It doesn't matter how we feel, God has been so good to us. He's been so good to us. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now. It doesn't matter what may be happening in the moment. God has been so good to us. Now, I know for certain he's been good to me. But real quick, show of hands, how many of us know that we're blessed this morning? If you know that you're blessed, shoot your hand in the air. And it doesn't matter what the weather may be outside, rain, sleet, or snow, we are still blessed. So here's what I want want to do. I want you to repeat that to me. We're going to do this again. If you know that you know that you know that you know that God has blessed you, repeat that to me. Say, I don't care what may happen. I'm still blessed. Now we're going to do it one more time. Say, I don't care what may happen. I'm still blessed. But you know what? A lot of times we don't act as if we know we're blessed. Because of things that's going on in our life, we don't feel like we're blessed at all. But notice I said feel because we definitely are. But because things aren't going the way we want it to, because it's not moving as fast as we want it to move, we begin to assume that God has forsaken us. We begin to assume that God has forgotten about us. So that's when we get that I must do it myself mentality. We get the I have to do it on my own. I must do it myself mentality. Well, our text today shows us what it looks like when you try to do it yourself. And in that, we'll find some things we need to throw out. We'll find some things that we need to get rid of, that we need to toss out. See, Pastor, he focused on the cleansing part. But today I want to talk about those things that you're actually taking out of the junk drawer or out of that storage closet and throwing out. So let's paint this picture. The people of God were in in bondage for years and years and years and years. And God used Moses. He's a stuttering man to lead the people out of Egypt. Side note, it doesn't matter who you think you are or what people may think about you. All that matters is what God thinks about you. He still can use you. But God uses Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. And now the people are walking through the wilderness. The people of God are traveling through the wilderness. And the wilderness is a dry, hot, parched place. It's extremely hot by day and extremely cold by night. But here's what God does. He gives them a cloud. (laughs) He gives them a cloud. And I know the people of God like, God, are you serious? Like, for real? You just parted the entire Red Sea. It's so hot out here, I can fry an egg. Uh, Are you serious? Like, you couldn't come up your God. You couldn't come up with the portable air conditioner or something. But see, this is what happens. This is what happens. God blesses us with something, and we run back to him like, God, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do it this way instead of that way? Not realizing that what God has blessed us with is what we really need. Because this cloud acted as a shield. This cloud shielded them from the extremely hot sun, but that's not it. It also acted as a GPS system. It was leading them through the wilderness. When the cloud moved, they moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. And when it went for the cold nights, God gave them fire. So he gave them shield by day. He gave them a cloud by day to shield and to lead them. And he gave them fire at night for the extreme cold weather. And when the people of God were hungry, he caused manna to come from heaven. He caused it to rain Texas toast. And I don't know about you, but I like to eat. 
I have a saying, you don't have to be hungry to eat. But, but I would have been satisfied sitting by the fire eating heavenly garlic bread. But when they were hungry, he caused manna to come from heaven. When they were thirsty, God caused water to come from a rock. So regardless of what the people of God thought, they were still blessed. They were still blessed. But because things weren't moving as fast as they wanted it to move. See, the end game was the promised land. This journey that they were on, the end game was the promised land. But because things weren't moving as fast as they wanted it to move, they began to lack trust in God. But doesn't that sound just like some of us? Because things aren't going the way we wanted to, we begin to lack trust in God. What are some things we have to throw out then? There's some things we have to get rid of. My title today is Junk Removal. Junk Removal. And where we're picking up in our text, this cloud that's been leading the people of God, it leads them to Mount Sinai. And Moses, their leader, he goes up onto the mountain and he's communing with God. And this is where Moses would get the Ten Commandments. But he goes up onto the mountain and he's up there with God for 40 days and the people are tired of waiting on Moses. They're tired of waiting on Moses. But wait a minute, isn't Moses up there communing with God? Hasn't it been God working through Moses the entire time? So what the people are really saying is that they're tired of waiting on God. Have you ever become tired of waiting on God? If so, there's some things we need to throw out then. There's some things we need to get rid of. Our text today is Exodus 32, beginning at verse 1. Exodus 32, beginning at verse 1. And if you got an old-fashioned Bible, you, you don't have this electronics like I do, and you can't find Exodus, go to the very front of the Bible. If you see Genesis, Exodus is the next book. <laughs> Exodus chapter 32, beginning at verse 1. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hands and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you, God, first. I just thank you for everything that you've done up until now, God. Uh, thank you for the praise and worship team setting the atmosphere. I feel your presence, oh God. But right now, it's a sensitive time. So I ask that you allow my mouth to be your mouth. My words to be your words, my spirit to be your spirit. Decrease me, God, so the people of God may see you. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Okay, so the text opens up with the people of God wondering, what in the world is going on here? Like, I know God said he was going to get us to the promised land, but we've been sitting at the bottom of this mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, and where in the world is Moses at anyway? Maybe he called himself an Uber out of here. Their trust is beginning to waver. But you know what runs alongside of a lack of trust? Impatience. Impatience. See, we want people to do what we want them to do when we want them to do it. 
And if they don't do what we ask them to do ASAP, we begin to lack trust. We begin to doubt. The people of God got tired of waiting. So they're acting now as if they were denied the presence of God. But correct me if I'm wrong, the text says delayed, not denied. The text says delayed, not denied. There's a big difference there. Never once did God say, I changed my mind about you. Never once did God say, I retract or recant the promise I gave you. So what the job didn't call yet, stand on the promise of God. So what the school didn't call yet, stand on the promise of God. You may be delayed, but you are not denied. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging for bread. So when it comes to throwing things out, impatience has to go. Impatience has to go because impatience opens the door for everything else. It opens the door for everything else. Look at verse 1. When the people saw that Moses delayed, there's that word, not denied, delayed, to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses... The man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Now, what I want you to notice is the ungratefulness of Israel. Notice their ungratefulness. Look at that, how they, 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 they address Moses, the one who led them out of bondage, the one who, who led them out of Egypt. Notice the ungratefulness in their voices. They said, as for this, this Moses fella. Notice the ungratefulness. As for this, this Moses fella. You, you know the man that led us out of bondage, where we were in bondage for years and years and years, but now we're sitting at the bottom of this mountain for only 40 days. I know it doesn't compare to what happened in Egypt, but my impatience is causing me to be ungrateful. Yes, you sent us heavenly garlic bread. Yes, you gave us manna from heaven. Yes, you gave us cloud by day and, and fire by night. But what have you done for me lately, God? My impatience is causing me to be ungrateful. You've blessed us time and time and time again, but my impatience is causing me to be ungrateful. Church, do you see the ripple effect there? Do you see the domino effect there? But to put it another way, I can remember I had this really bad leg injury. I mean, I couldn't walk for months. But as I became more mobile, my physical therapist, she stressed to me, she said, you may feel better than you actually are. So if you come to a staircase, don't chance it, find an elevator. But you know me, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. She doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm good. Well, this particular day, I'm heading to class, and I come to a stairway. I come to a staircase. And church, listen, I remember going up the staircase, and I remember waking up in the nurse's office. <laughs> but now I'm not just dealing with one bad knee. I got two bad wheels. But did you catch it? Did you catch it? Because of my impatience, I'm not dealing with just one bad knee. I'm dealing with both bad knees. I'm heading down a completely different path. Israel's impatience sends them down a completely different path. Look at verse 1 again. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So the people are tired of waiting on Moses, hashtag God. And they run to Aaron like, do you know that guy, that joker that's been leading us all this time? He's been gone for far too long. So what we need you to do, we need you to make a God for us. We, we need you to make us a God. They're heading down a completely different path. God was leading them at once. But now, now, now because God has taken too long for them, 
They said, you know what? We're going to make us a God. Because they're tired of waiting on God, they said we're going to put something else in his place. And a lot of times when we become impatient, we put other things in the place where God should be. Oh, God hasn't really blessed me in my finances right now, so I'm just going to work myself to death. <laughs> I could care less whether I see my children or spend time with God. But what we fail to realize is that God is the one that blessed us with the finances we do have. Oh, God just isn't doing it for me right now. He just isn't cutting it, so I'm going to lay aside my Bible. But what we fail to realize is that God never said things were going to go the way you wanted them to. He never said things would go exactly how you wanted them to go. He said the blessings come in due season. That his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So stop quitting every time something doesn't go your way. Stop giving in every time something doesn't happen the way you want it to happen. Because God is never late. If he said it'll happen, it'll happen. If he said it'll come to pass, it will come to pass. You may be delayed, but you are not denied. Impatience has to go. The old church put it this way. He may not come when you want him to, but he's always on time. God is never late. Never late. Go to verse 2. So Aaron said to them, take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And they received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And these, <clears throat> sorry, y'all. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Okay, so the people run to Aaron. First, let's understand that this calf wasn't created at the time that they were brought out of Egypt. But they credited being brought out of Egypt to this calf. These are your gods who brought you up out of Egypt. But they run to Aaron because Aaron is one of those who were left in charge by Moses. And they run to Aaron and says, make us a god. And Aaron, he makes this, this calf. And he took his time with it too. I mean, he melted down the gold. He molded it. He used a graving tool. But you know what? I never read in the Bible where God tells his people to worship a calf. Genesis to Revelations. The only book that comes before this is Genesis. And I've never read in the book of Genesis where God tells his people or shows his people how to worship a calf. So this had to be something that they, they learned in their past. This had to be something they picked up in, in Egypt or somewhere. This had to be something from their past. But they're worshiping this calf. And this calf represents their past. So what you're telling me, God, is this. My past causes me to take my eyes off of God. My past causes me to take my eyes off of God. They're no longer worshiping God. They're worshiping this calf. My past causes me to take my eyes off of God. If you were to look into someone's junk drawer or their storage closet, and trust me, you don't want to check out mine. <laughs> Most likely what you'll find is a bunch of old stuff, a bunch of old stuff, a bunch of junk from their past. But most hoarders see their junk as trophies or idols. Most hoarders see their junk as trophies or idols. But the reason why we hold on to the junk is because we think we'll need it one day. But Israel's bondage, Israel's past is built on bondage. Your past, my past is built on bondage. Follow me. 
The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But the reason why we can't experience that freedom, the reason why we can't really move forward is because we're still holding on to the junk from our past. It's not Satan. It's not the enemy. We're still holding on to junk from our past. We've allowed something someone said to us at five to affect us at 50. We've allowed something to happen at six to affect us at 30. See, just because you're walking with Christ now doesn't mean you're not still holding on to the the junk from your past. Israel was being led by God the entire time, the entire time. You remember that cloud we talked about? Well, this cloud represented the presence of God. In fact, God would sometimes talk to Moses through the cloud. The voice of God came from the cloud, and some of the people, they heard it. They heard it, but they took their eyes off of the cloud. They took their eyes off of God and put their eyes on this calf. They turned their back on God, but watch this. God never turned his back on them. Because if you read a few chapters before, you find out that God said he would not cause this cloud to depart from them. And since this cloud represents God, God would not depart from them. So all the while they were worshiping this calf, God was still there shielding them from the hot sun. All the while they were worshiping this this calf, this cloud was still there. God was still there shielding them and leading them. But instead of focusing on God, they focused on this calf. Instead of focusing on God, they focused on that past. Your past has to go. Your past has to go. Aaron says, bring me your rings. Bring me your daughter's rings, your son's rings, and your wife's rings. Now, I know this probably wouldn't work in this day and age. Fellas, can you imagine if we told all the women, bring me your jewelry and we're going to melt it down this morning. I probably started riding here. But he says, bring me your gold rings. Now, they didn't just so happen to stumble across these rings in the wilderness. They didn't just so happen to dig these up out of the sand. These rings were from their past. These rings were from Egypt, they were from their past. But I know you're probably thinking like, Tyro, you're talking about junk. How can you consider gold rings junk? Well, a lot of times we hold on to things we think are valuable, but it's really junk. We hold on to things people said, things people didn't say, things people did, things people didn't do. Things we did, things we didn't do. We hold on to things thinking that it's valuable, but it's really junk. These things were junk from their past, and Aaron tells them to take it off. He says, take it off. (laughs) Y'all missed it. This cloud represented God, and this cloud was leading them through the wilderness. So God was leading them through the wilderness. But all the while God was leading them, they were still wearing these rings. They were still carrying around these rings. All the while God was leading them, they were still carrying around that past. And the reason why we can't move forward is because we're still holding on to our past. We're still lugging on to our past. But God wants you to know that your past doesn't make you. Your past is not the end of your story. Paul said, I forget what's behind and I press for what's ahead of me. Stop holding on to things from your past. Stop holding on to things you should have been let go. Stop beating yourself up about a sin God has forgiven. Quit making idols out of your past. Aaron says, bring me your rings. Bring me your past and we're going to make an idol out of it. Quit making idols out of your past. But you know what really opened my eyes? Their worship. Their worship. Look at verse 5. I promise you I'm almost done. Like I only got 10 minutes back there. (laughs) When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow 
shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. I'll read that part again. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now this right here is where the people of God began to worship this calf. They gave it burnt offerings, peace offerings. I mean, they were really worshiping this calf. They credited being brought out of Egypt to this calf. But this word play is just a tasteful way of saying they were dancing naked around a golden calf. The people of God were getting that party on. <laughs> they, they ripped off all their clothes. And I'll let your mind wonder as to what they were really doing. But, but they were getting that party on. They ripped off their clothes and they were dancing around this calf. But you know, that reminded me of Adam and Eve. It reminded me of Adam and Eve. See, before Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked. They just didn't know it. They didn't realize it. But during that time period, they were close with God. I say this all the time because that's how God wants you to come to him. He wants you to come naked before him. He wants you to bear it all. Don't hold anything back to give your whole self to him. And now the people of God have ripped off their clothes and they're dancing around this calf. And instead of giving their whole self to God, they gave their whole self to this calf. Instead of giving their whole self to God, they gave their whole self to this past. But, but remember, it all started with impatience. And oftentimes, when we get impatient, when we get tired of waiting, we resort back to our past. But your past is built on bondage. Your past is built on sin. But God is known for love. God is known for mercy. God is known for grace. God is known for joy. God is known for hope. So it's time to clean house. See, when you think about spring cleaning, spring cleaning, you're throwing things out. You're getting rid of things for the new season. And impatience has to go. Impatience has to go. Because God is cooking something up. And nobody wants a half-cooked meal. Unless it's a steak. <laughs> God is cooking something up. Don't brush it under the rug because it's not going to do anything but pile up, pile up, and pile up. Impatience opens the door for everything to pile up, to pile up, to pile up. But more times than none, impatience causes us to resort back to our past. And your past is built on sin. Your past is built on bondage. Most hoarders see their past junk, junk from their past as idols or trophies. They love their junk. They love their junk. But the Bible tells us, for God so loved us, he gave his only son. He gave his only son. So we can get rid of that past junk. When God sees us, he sees Jesus. When God sees us, he sees Christ. Let go of your past. Quit holding on to it. How can you hold on to it with a weight holding on to your foot? How can you move forward? Paul said, I forget those things which are behind me, and I press to what's ahead of me. Paul said this. The apostle Paul, mass murderer Paul, the same Paul that writes two-thirds of the New Testament. He knows the importance of letting go of your past. Throw it out. Junk removal. Are you willing to do some junk removal? Sometimes it could be people. Have you noticed in the text, Aaron didn't go to the people. The people went to Aaron and took him down the wrong path. Sometimes it could be people. But more times than none, impatience causes you to resort back to your past. And where were you before you met Christ? Where were you before you met Jesus? Do you want to go back to your past? It's so hold on to it. Maybe you need to let go of people. People change. Even Satan used to be an angel. 
people change. Impatience. Impatience opens the door for everything else. Are you willing to let some things go? Are you willing to do some junk removal? I'll, I'll end with this. Philippians chapter 3, 13 through 14. This is the Apostle Paul. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it. And it's not in the, the slides. I felt like God wanted me to read it. I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do. Paul said, I don't, I don't know if I actually made it. I, I, I'm not, I haven't made it there yet, but I know what I'm doing. I know what I have to do. I have to forget what lies behind me and strain forward to what lies ahead of me. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. I press towards, press to strain forward, to force forward. How can you do that with weights holding you back? The Bible says lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. Are you willing to do some junk removal today? Let's pray.